Hello and welcome back to A Text and Abroad. We've been a little bit of a break, but we're back here after the nice conversation with Bob and NFTs and ancient DNA. Uh, here with longtime friend, first time guest, Chris from Ohio, here to talk about a subject that's near and dear to both of our hearts, uh, living abroad, expat life, something that I'm actually missing a little bit right now as I'm here in Texas. Uh, welcome to the pod, Chris. Thank you, Bill. Glad to be here. Um, so let's just dive right in. Um, uh, so I know of your experiences kind of in Russia, in Moscow. That's where I met you. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, we met through your uh, through your girlfriend at the time, who was a client of mine, uh, mm-hmm. if you remember that far, that far back. But actually, I'm not sure about your kind of your travels and what pushed you abroad in the beginning. What was it that made you decide to move abroad in the first place? Yeah, of course. Um, didn't realize we've never talked about this. Uh, it first initially started, uh, I had way more limited resources, always wanted to travel. And my first way of doing that was inside the United States. I had friends and job offers um, across the country. So moved initially from the Midwest to the West Coast, um, had a few experiences in Washington and then California, and really enjoyed it. Love those parts of the world. But um, of course, uh, for me, it was rather boring rather quickly. I realized I wanted to see more um, cultural diversity, per se, something like that. So um, the first opportunity I got, I had a friend that was from India, uh, and I met him in the United States. He invited me to come. So uh, once I had things in order and I could go, that's the first place I went. I was looking for a little bit of the cultural shock value, and I got it to some degree, but maybe memory is failing me here. Maybe I'm remembering the positive <laughs> Well, India is an interesting place because, you know, every I've never actually been to India. It's, it's on my list for sure, as are most places. But um, nice. one of the things that I've always heard about India, it's kind of a love it or hate it thing. It's a polarizing place, if you would say that some people go mm-hmm. there, they fall in love with it because it's so unique and it's so different. But then I've had other expats that I've talked to uh, and non-expats, just people who've traveled there who said like the amount of poverty, the amount of people, just uh, how uh, unclean certain areas can be, that it really affects them negatively. And I think it's it's actually interesting that your first experience abroad was was a really difficult place. Now, I had traveled a little bit abroad, but my first city that I lived abroad was Wuhan, China. And let me tell you, Mm -hmm. don't live there. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Not just because Uh. of COVID. Now, that's not to, to you know, um, you know, uh, I guess to put down the city that was my first home outside of Texas. But I, it was China in general. Wuhan specifically was a pretty difficult place to call home for just over a year. But I imagine India was a little bit of the same. Yeah. Yeah. I know very little about Wuhan. I would like to see it someday. But um, some of the things you touched on are very true about India. And the uh, it's kind of funny, the love it, hate it mentality. I feel like I experienced that from both sides, even during the time I was in India. You'd have one day or one week. Like when I initially arrived there, I, I really had a bad experience just, just trying to get out of there. And everything was super unclear. But there were a lot of things I uh, didn't know. You know, I was fresh off the boat, 
um, Midwestern American that had not traveled internationally. So like, you know, even the way you talk to people, I'm sure you know this being abroad for so long, um, just even the way that you're asking questions, if you talk too fast or if, you, if you're not clear about what your information you're trying to get, uh, you might not get correct information. Also, India is really bad for this. Um, I had some really hilarious experiences where I was lost. I was on a scooter. Uh, I was with uh, the person you mentioned I had met uh, in India. And uh, we would ask for directions from three random guys on the side of the road. And I would say, I'm going here. Where are we going? Uh, which, which way? And it's a cultural uh, thing where uh, I think, unlike some other cultures, there's a need to provide you with an answer, even if it may not be the correct answer. I experienced that a lot <laughs> in India. I had some guys that would literally, they would all raise their hands at the same time and they point in different directions. It was crazy. Uh, <laughs> they don't know how to say yeah. i don't know yeah yeah exactly I, maybe it'd be considered offensive i'm not so sure uh but uh yeah while i was there met quite a few uh people that were living abroad it was my first exposure to people that were doing this and for the first time i saw uh that beforehand i'd had this imagination that you had to have uh, a lot of money or be financially in a certain place or something like this and uh, India was my first time experiencing and seeing that it didn't require so much to live abroad. And I had so much fun meeting all these different people from different cultures, from Europe. It was my first time having all these experiences with people from Europe, from Russia, from India. And uh, after that, I was pretty set on it. I, I was even Googling there, just looking into ways that I could work and live abroad. I had no idea what I was going to do, but I knew I was going to do it. Nice. So, and... Uh, so you started off in India. Did you go? And again, I met you in Moscow. Was there an in-between stop? Where else have you lived abroad? Uh, yeah, I had to go home from India. I wasn't ready to, I wasn't in a place where I could go, but um, went home on a mission. Didn't know where to go next. Uh, because of the Russians that I had met while in India, I ended up dating one of them for a little while. Uh, I decided the next pit stop would be Russia. So I uh, went home. Worked a little bit, got things in order, and went to Russia, uh, I believe, uh, maybe six months later. was only there for a few months. Uh, once again, it was, it was almost like multiple attempts at, uh, you know, flying off. But the first two didn't work. And the third time, I went to Thailand. And uh, that was my, from there, I never really returned home. I've always been living abroad, except for visits. All right. So, so India, Russia, Thailand, and then back to Russia after Thailand. Went from Thailand to Russia, yeah, exactly. And, uh, All right, so that's a that's a pretty good combination. Is there, you know, one of the questions that I often get when people hear the different places that I've lived is, uh, you know, what's one of your favorite places, or what do you, where do you prefer to live? If you were comparing and contrasting, you know, life in in Moscow, in India, in Thailand, um, of course. What's, what are your feelings about these three different places? It's pretty, I would say, culturally different as well. Um, do you yeah, have absolutely. a amongst the three? Um, amongst the three? I don't think I have any one favorite. India would be the bottom of those three. Uh, <laughs> as would Wuhan with me. So don't <laughs> still would go back, of course. Still would go back, but... 
Uh, yeah, some of the things we discussed, um, I mean, I got sick there. Uh, there's lots of things, uh, you know, sanitation is down, especially in tourist areas. Uh, so you just have to be more careful in India. You know, it depends where you are. It's a very big, very crowded country. And um, it's, you don't go to India to have, uh, it's a different experience often, you know, while you go to, why you would go to India and why you would yeah. like it. Uh, I really, really enjoyed Thailand. Absolutely loved it. Um, I don't know. Uh, my recent Whereabouts trip to, in Thailand were you? I covered all of the areas. Um, yeah. The most time was spent up in Chiang Mai. I was still low on nice. funds and I, trying to figure out what to do. So I chose Chiang Mai as a quiet, cheaper place to do that. If I was to go back, I most likely wouldn't live there. Yeah, that's a Chiang Mai is actually a, a pretty good city. Uh, the first couple of times I went to Thailand, um, I hadn't been up north. It had all been Bangkok and south near the islands and different places on the water. Mm -hmm. But uh, I actually did my uh, CELTA, the English training certificate up in mm -hmm. Chiang Mai um, and then stuck around for a few months afterwards and was was working there and enjoying the, the sights uh, and life in kind of northern Thailand. It's a pretty interesting nice. place. Uh, I, yeah, I, I would say I have a, a fondness for northern Thailand. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and it's it's still exciting. It's not quite the beach area, but I feel like pretend you were going to live in Thailand or even stay there for an extended period of time. Uh, Bangkok is just too much for me. Bangkok is, is there for <laughs> you. You have your nights in Bangkok when you arrive and you have your nights in Bangkok when you're leaving. Uh, but if you're going to stay, you're not in Bangkok, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, well, I think it's it's an interesting question about living abroad generally. And and I would say just the cultures of different places generally. Right. Like you live in Moscow um, and mm -hmm. uh, there's a big difference, a drop off from tier one cities to tier two or tier three. Right. And Bangkok, uh, Moscow, tier one cities. Uh, even Bangkok might almost uh, be a little bit lower just because of the, the population and, you know, kind of uh, geopolitical economic importance. But I would still put it up there as like a tier one city. Everyone knows about it, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But when you go to Chiang Mai, second biggest city, when you go to St. Pete, second biggest city, when you even go from Istanbul to Ankara, when you go, uh, you know, from, uh, you know, a Hong Kong to Shenzhen, something like that. It's mm -hmm. interesting to see the cultural difference, right? Um, it really is. And since I've spent so much time in Moscow with, after, after Thailand, maybe I would enjoy Bangkok because being in Russia, yeah. I've had an absolute blast in Moscow. And in my experience in St. Petersburg, I would enjoy Moscow so much more. So perhaps if I was going to stay for an extended period of time, uh, Bangkok would be better. I think I, I like how many different streets and alleyways and hole-in-the-wall bars and restaurants you can find in these major cities. So, you know, I know the biggest expat population in Thailand would be in Bangkok. I'm sure they know sure. a lot of things that I don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that, I think there's, there's uh, kind of uh, some, port of, some part of cultural exploration that's nice about living in a different city that's not the main one right uh i'm you can say that about uh, about russia you can say that about pretty much anywhere if you if you want to know what life is like in a place you go explore 
not the main capital or the biggest city, but you go and explore something different. But I always have been drawn to kind of um, the biggest cities and countries in terms of where I'm living. I, mm-hmm. I've lived in some smaller places. I mean, Wuhan's not small by any stretch of the imagination. Neither is Konya, where I spent just over a year in Turkey. But mm-hmm. they're not small population-wise, but in terms of like, uh, you know, an international community or just importance on a global scale, they are pretty insignificant uh, in most ways. But that makes them very culturally unique. They are, you know, Wuhan is a Chinese city. You learn more about China. I remember actually we went to Shanghai when I was living in Wuhan. We took the fast train into Shanghai one time and uh, we were out drinking and uh, met a group of like French people. And this mm-hmm. young French guy, uh, you know, looks at me, takes a sip of his drinks. I can't believe I'm living in China. We were actually at a Texas themed bar, right? It was like a Mexican that is awesome. kind of restaurant. He goes, I can't believe I'm living in China. And I looked at my friend who was with me from Wuhan and I looked at him and I said, you don't live in China. You live in Shanghai. I was like, that's like living Very in Paris or, or New York. And he's like, what do you mean? What do you know? And I said, you wouldn't last 10 minutes in Wuhan. <laughs> I, I have to agree with that very strongly. Um, one of the biggest things about going abroad, I think, you know, we'll touch on this more later, is how it causes you to look at your experiences back home differently and the way you viewed your sure. country and culture. And yeah, it is true. If you only went to New York, San Francisco or Miami or Chicago, um, you aren't really getting to experience the real America. If that's what your goal is, like if you really went to Thailand, yeah. you know, uh, you know, you're trying to study the culture. Of course, a visit's necessary, but if you're looking to have fun, have a great life, enjoy. Uh, you know, I'll, uh, I, I'm more of a social person, of course. Um, so the biggest expat crowds, uh, lots of excitement, yeah. lots of energy. Those are going to be in the major cities, and there's a lot of fun there. Uh, to be honest, after three months in Thailand, I, I think I spent approximately three months there. I was a little bit bored of Chiang Mai. I knew people yeah. that were had been there. I knew them at the co-working spaces. They were working on software projects. They were kind of introverted. They were very happy with what they were doing. But, um, you know, there's only so much you can do in these small towns. Yeah, uh, I think that, uh, you know, I'm with you about where I would like to live, right? Uh, and you did an interesting thing by going to actually not far off from kind of my path and that uh, you went to India and then kind of a second tier city in Thailand and, and kind of before you got to Moscow, this big place. I was in Wuhan. I was also uh, in Chiang Mai um, and then I was in um, Istanbul and then Konya. I was in some Very smaller nice. tier cities. I, I prefer to live in Moscow. Right. But I also. Uh, and we'll get to a question about where would you like to go next? One of the things I think that uh, is interesting is really challenging yourself, right? To live, not necessarily for six, you know, for, uh, you know, a long time, but six months or a year mm-hmm. in a smaller town, right? Li- could you imagine living someplace like in, you know, near Lake Baikal uh, in Kamchatka? That or, sounds you know, amazing. Like off the grid, not what you're used to. I think that's an amazing aspect of now. One of the others, and actually we'll turn to this right now. Uh, I'll ask you what you think the, pr- the biggest pros are of living abroad. And I'll start by actually telling you one I think that is perhaps tops on my list. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, as you 
said kind of open-mindedness and other things that happen. But I think one of the best things is the places you get to travel, right? I've been to Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia. I've been to Georgia. Yeah, I've been to mm-hmm. Ukraine, uh, Belarus, and some other places. Like, I've been around Russia because I've been in Moscow for six yes. years, right? Wherever you uh, are, you start to gather a tally of, if, if you're there long enough, you will start to get a small tally of surrounding countries. And that is one of the best parts about that. And often it's because of people you meet, you know, they're telling you, you need to go St. Petersburg, you need to go in Russia, you know, Ukraine is close, Kiev is close, um, Belarus, these places, same thing with Thailand. I only did one. I wasn't there long enough, but it was already starting to happen. I was already planning those trips to Vietnam, Cambodia, uh, which will happen soon. But that is the best part about living abroad uh, in, in one aspect. I agree with you. There. Yeah. Is there any other big pro? I mean, I think that's probably for a lot of people who love the idea like you did. And it's kind of one of the reasons, one of the aspects that, that pushed me abroad, that kept me abroad uh, was traveling. And the fact that you can, I mean, I'm not flying across the ocean to go to Riga or Vilnius uh, uh, or any of those. Not that they are not beautiful places. And I would recommend them to visitors, actually. Um, all three of those countries. I, I use them as good examples of smaller, lesser known places, especially for, for tourists outside the region. But that are places that you would visit if you were located in Eastern Europe, right? Um, of course. So I think that's a good pro, but what are there any others that come to mind? Like when I say Absolutely. the biggest pros, that's um, that's a great pro, but I think you have to be established to start to enjoy that. You have already made up your mind and have already begun to live the lifestyle. For me, it really depends on what you're looking for. Um, for me, the biggest is social experiences. You know, um, the friends you make, the people you meet. Um, if you are dating too, I think that's all world of a difference the people you meet uh through your dating life romantic life uh, social life expat life uh some people i've seen as expats they become much more involved with uh the local crowd uh for example expats in russia or thailand they have a lot of thai friends a lot of russian friends uh, myself it depends where i am you get involved with the expat crowd but even the expat crowd, in my opinion, it is far more uh, interesting. The conversations, the, uh, the things people are working on, the things they're doing, their experiences. Uh, the expats, the Americans you'll meet even abroad in any country, uh, generally are there for a reason. They're there for a purpose. Uh, you know. So when you meet an American in a bar or somewhere at a social function, they're going to have amazing stories, amazing things. And... It usually is a chain reaction. It's a snowball effect. You start getting invited to things. You start meeting people they know because the circles are smaller. And the social experiences have been some of the best for me. Of course, we already touched on the worldview, but I wouldn't trade that for anything in the world. Uh, You know, just even look, it makes you appreciate things back home more. Uh, The good parts of things uh, from your own culture. But you also realize... uh, if you live abroad, it's the only real way, I think, to see inaccuracies, things that maybe you were exposed to from a young age that you were thinking that this is the right way to do. And you see the cultures are different. Also, you can see how you've been misinformed about certain cultures or you, you really sure. just didn't didn't know. Um, and it causes you to look at your own life and your own experiences in a different way. 
and you uh, have an appreciation for it, but you also recognize inaccuracies and things where uh, maybe even in media or just common talk are, are not right. You know, you got to get out there. You have to see it. You have to experience it for yourself. No, I think I, you, you hit on a few. One, the people you meet just generally. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so the social experience, as you said, and one of the things I mean, if you look at the, the crew that we're a part of in Moscow, it's such an amazing, eclectic group of people. Uh, and that includes people yes. who have left, people who are new, people who've been there for years, even people that we don't see as much. You referred the other day when we were chatting about the Hudson crew, right? Like of course. there are even the people that you don't interact with as much, but you do interact with them from time to time. They span the spectrum and that social, you know, socialization with a very diverse group of people, whether that's expats or locals, yes. um, you know, uh, old people, young people, just the, the difference in mentality. Uh, I mean, again, if you look even our in our closest knit group chat, right, we we have yes. uh, pretty, pretty liberal minded people and pretty conservative minded people. And I think those uh, those individuals who might be listening or might not don't know that they actually listen to this podcast, but they know who they are. And the idea, if we were back home, that group of individuals would never have commingled, right? That's exactly uh, what I was wanting to hit on there. I agree with you so much. What are the chances that you could meet this interesting variety of a group of people and also all hang out together? I don't feel like that happens at home very often. Of course, it would in some university settings and other things like that, but uh, it's really hard. You know, it's really hard to find uh, such interesting groups of people. Moscow, for example, such a great example because Moscow is not the most popular tourist destination in the world. Whereas Thailand, you know, you have to sift through that. There's a ton of people. It's been popular for so many years. They're just, they're in and they're out. You know, it's a two-week experience or it's part of their gap year or something like that. Whereas here, everyone's on a mission. If they're, in, if they're living in Moscow, they have a very specific reason to be here. Most of the time, those uh, they always have a story that's going to be really interesting and really hard to find back in most of the bars or places you're going to walk into back home. You know, um, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of those people out there, but I think uh, there's two things. One, um, that it's difficult to find them because they are amazing people are kind of sporadically sprinkled all over the place, right? So you might be mm -hmm. living in Cleveland or, or in Austin or something like that, but exactly. you might not actually get exposed to them. In expat communities, it's a little bit more tight-knit. The circles are a little smaller, so there's a likelihood, mm -hmm. uh, a higher likelihood that you're actually going to come across uh, these pretty impressive individuals. Also, I think, um, I mean, I know just thinking about and our story of actually how we met is, is an interesting one. It, it still makes me laugh to this day. It's hilarious. But, yes. But like the idea that um, I remember the first time that I met almost all of our friends. Right. And so many of them, I was like, well, I don't know about that guy. Uh, yeah. He seems okay, but I don't know. <laughs> right. And you yes. never really know because uh, especially when, when living abroad, some people put on a good like facade, uh, just because they're yeah. being polite, right? Yeah, I think it's a friend I, of a friend introduces you, but you give each other. Most of them 
are not okay though we need to clarify that yeah no there's a I, that's 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 an important point to add right that not everyone that lives abroad is a great person by <laughs> by no means yeah by no yes. a stretch of the imagination is every expat from any country um you know a good person but i think i give people a little bit more rope a little bit more um uh, benefit of the doubt when i'm abroad i find i even do it now more than i when i do it when i than i did when i was at home and even when i am at home now when mm -hmm. i'm abroad i'm like ah well this guy's got a story this person this woman comes from somewhere i want to hear a little bit more about it why does she think this way why does he think this way why is he saying this thing now sometimes you might turn out to have met a complete prick and that happens but giving yeah. people a little bit more leeway has led me to some really great friends right and uh if you meet someone in your hometown that thinks a little bit differently right um mm. you have the tendency look i've got my circle of friends i don't need this guy in my life right but overseas you're kind of like well uh, I I would like to expand my friend circle. This guy looks like he could be part of it. Let's give him a chance. Maybe maybe the MAGA hat is not that bad. Like I don't know. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Um, you, whatever it is, you give people a little bit more of a chance. Yeah. Uh, at least I feel that way What's, in the in the expat communities where I've been a part of. Yeah. I think so. I mean, there's there's some aspects of. Um where uh, it depends, like I said, where you are, but because the crowd is sure. so much smaller here, like Russia is a very small crowd. Um, I was yeah. surprised by those numbers that Bob shared in our chat the other day. Yeah, crazy low. I actually, to be honest, it makes me feel less secure. Uh, I thought I was one. <laughs> I thought I was one of thousands. It's like, oh no, they can count me on a single sheet of paper. I, I don't like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> you're not you're not as hidden as you might think you are, Christopher. Yes, yes. That's yes. uh, how I have assured my mother this whole time. Oh, you have no idea. There's thousands of us here. You know, it's it's not gonna happen like that. <laughs> um, well, that's you know, that's another thing that is it might be a con, but I mean a pro, but it also might be a con. And this maybe can segue into the cons of living abroad which is the communities are tight knit. Like they're pretty, it's a pretty small world, right? Um, mm -hmm. Especially if you've got somebody like Jeff, who's been on this podcast a number of times before, like yeah, who good. kind of is the glue that holds certain groups together. But when yes. you think, it's not like living at home where you meet someone and you're like, ah, I probably don't know anyone that that person knows, right? If mm -hmm. you're at a bar in Cleveland uh, and you come across someone and you, there's yeah. no connection. The odds are pretty good. They don't know anyone that you know. That's just the luck of the draw is going to say that. But in a place like Moscow, despite the fact that it's pretty big and despite the fact that, I mean, we say it's a small number. It's a couple thousand, right? It's not mm -hmm. it, it's it's not tens of thousands, but still a couple thousand is a decent number of people. But you meet someone. The odds are decent that they know someone, you know. Right. Exactly. So that they're all be going to the same same functions, same schools. Yeah. There's a lot of teachers. There's a lot of, you know, you know, the same companies that are pulling in yeah. these expats. They're going to cross paths somewhere. If you meet five or ten of them, generally those rings are going to obviously overlap. And uh, Moscow is one of the best for that, just because it's small. I, I still think it's a small pond. Uh, I had yeah. last. In my personal opinion, I had less fun when the pond was bigger. Uh, I, maybe that's why I got bored in Thailand. 
I don't know. Uh, yeah. But I really like this. Like I'm attracted to you. You mentioned going into where we would like to go next. Uh, um, that's what I would be looking at. I like yeah. the small pond now. No, I think it's I think it's good. Probably a better thing than a con. Uh, it's probably more of a pro than a con to to have a pretty nice close, not closed, but smaller circle in which you're navigating, uh, but still big enough that you have different groups and things like that. What do you think some of the cons are in terms of living abroad? Like you mentioned mm. culture shock when you came to India. I don't really get that in Moscow, but uh, mm. I, I'm sure you could in certain places. I got it a little bit in China. But I think when you, you first arrived, you were yeah. desensitized. If you had never lived abroad and you moved to Moscow, you're definitely going to experience some level of culture shock, um, in my opinion. Uh, but uh, biggest cons, I would say, is just realizing um, more of a emotional, more sentimental viewpoint for me. Uh, I'm very close with my family and a handful of my friends back home. We've stayed close all these years. And you do miss out. Uh, you miss weddings, um, especially in times of COVID and the tragic <laughs> situation. That was a no, terrible, terrible example. But yeah, uh, you, I missed a lot. And even on the tragedy side, uh, you miss funerals. You know, um, you can't yep. go for all of them. Uh, it's very expensive uh, and it's very time consuming. You have a professional life abroad. So those things add up. You know, you're missing um Maybe uh, they're not your closest friend, but you're missing a lot of friends' weddings that you otherwise would have gone to. Uh, milestones, you know, me with a lot of siblings, missed a lot of birthdays, lots of different things where you're limited to the phone. Uh, for me, I think that you, in some ways, you have to trade a lot of really uh, good ceremonial things uh, back home. You're not going to be there for them. Uh, there's going to be a lot of memories made with your family and different things like that. And you're, you're abroad. You're not going to be a experiences that uh, you will never get to have. You get to have um, such amazing things. But yeah, some of that bothers me. It bothers me that I wasn't home for some of these things. I even lost, um, not super close, a few. Uh, one was very close, uh, just like childhood friend. And, you know, because of where I was, I, I couldn't attend. I couldn't support the families. Uh, this stuff happens. So, yeah, that's a, that's that, I, I would agree with you there. You know, uh, and even as you assuming you do stay abroad and we'll get that question answered in just a minute. But um, like at my age, one of the things that I've noticed is a lot of my friends having kids and a lot of my mm -hmm. friends the kids know each other, the friends know each other, right? The, the, the friends' yes. kids know the other friends, right? This is, you know, Uncle uh, Philip yes. or whatever, Uncle Thomas. And um, whereas I, I just don't see them as much. And when I come back and I make, make a point, even uh, I'm planning right now to do a little bit of traveling across Texas in the coming weeks, um, but to see the, the adults, to see the people, yeah, um, not to mm -hmm. see the kids like some of my friends have kids that are 10, 11, 12, and I haven't really met them. I met them maybe when they were mm -hmm. babies, but but I haven't met them, haven't seen them grow up. And as you said, yes. uh, marriages, uh, but even divorces, deaths like tragedies and and celebrations, you're you kind of miss when you're overseas. Of and I, uh, I think a 
very powerful point that a uh, really good friend here in Moscow made to me one time. It changed the way I looked at it. Um, if you really think about it, for those of us that are in our you know, 30s, 40s, or late 20s, if you still have your parents alive, um, if you think about it, most of us only manage to make a trip home once a year if we're lucky twice a year. Um, on average, that's about how it is. And so if you did the math, uh, he, he was uh, reflecting on that, the relationship he had with his parents that were aging. He said, uh, even if it's 10 years, that means I'm only going to see my parents 10 more times before they're gone. And that was one of the first times that I saw it in a different light that really changed sure. the way that I looked at it. Uh, it's like, wow. Yeah, that's uh, it was kind of sobering. <laughs> that was yeah. There was, I was actually, I was listening to a podcast this week, a Bill Simmons pod. And I guess uh, he was recalling a time when him and one of his uh, friends, cousin Sal, uh, they were sitting in an office and he did the same thing to, yes. to Bill. And his, he's like, you know, you're only going to see your dad like about 50 more times. And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, do the math. You know, he's this age. He'll probably oh. die at this age. You know, it's you terrible. see him twice a year, three times a year. And he's like, holy shit. Like, what? why would you tell me that? Like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'll never look it's, at this it's, the same. Yeah, it's such a such a depressing thought. But, yeah, that's that is something I think that you've got to wrap your head around. But one thing I do think is that um, if you decide to kind of move abroad, I mean, I think living abroad is something everyone should do. Uh, like everyone, every individual uh, on earth should live in a culture and a country that, that is outside of their own kind of comfort zone uh, of countries at some point, not for a long time, but at least I, I don't for know a little if I, bit of time. I don't know if I agree with you there. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to disagree a little bit because I think the idea of it, works for everyone if there was somehow a way we could manufacture that to where everyone's exposed to foreign culture uh maybe the world would be a better place but i don't i, I used to think when i was younger before you know that this was for everyone and now i can see that it's really not there's a lot of people but I, that are I shooting think, for something that's very different than think, this. i think that's the brilliance of it right um i say the same thing actually about starting a business or a side hustle or being a freelancer or whatever I don't think it's for everyone. Right. And I don't think mo I've met people. Uh, there was a girl when I moved to Wuhan, she moved to one about the same time. She made it about three or four months. And then she was like, mm -hmm. I'm out of here. This is too wild, too crazy. I miss my family. I don't like any of these people. And she left. Um, mm -hmm. Like I've met people who literally it wasn't for. But just as the last year, if the last year has taught me anything and I hope taught a lot of people who are listening or just people around the world, anything is that we can't take anything for granted yet. We do, right. We take mm -hmm. things for granted, the ability to see each other, um, the ability literally to dry your own clothes. It's one of the things yeah. that I always talk about that I miss. Uh, you want to, you want a big con of living abroad. They don't have dryers. So it takes days, <laughs> not hours Very true. to wash your clothes. Yeah. But we take those things wherever you live. And again, that's an American moving abroad. I take those things for granted, or mm -hmm. I did. Now I don't. Um, I think that it's not for everyone, but that's the point of trying it, right? If you put someone who it's not made for, that girl that, and I don't know, I've even forgotten her name. Maybe we're friends on Facebook. I have no idea. But if that girl that moved to Wuhan for three or four months, 
went back. I guarantee you she had a different attitude mm -hmm. about when about America and life there when she moved back. Now, she only spent four months abroad and like two of them were weeping like in her in her apartment. <laughs> uh, I joke about that. Uh, it's very sad. But again, <laughs> the idea that you went through that trial and tribulation to sh to understand what life in other places is like to show you what you have and what you miss and what's important to you. Mm -hmm. I think I think that's a valuable lesson. Now, a lot of people say, no, you don't need to be uncomfortable. Like it's it's OK to just visit other places. And I, yeah. I say, no, if you really I will. I, I always go back. There's an amazing uh, quote that uh, from Mark Twain. This is years ago. Right. Okay. And I will read this for you verbatim. Travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry and narrow mindedness. And many of our people need it sorely on these accounts. Broad, wholesome, charitable views of men and things cannot be acquired by vegetating in one little corner of the earth all one's lifetime. Very powerful. Yeah, he hit, that, he hit the nail on the head there. Um, that's something that we, I, I would have to say that, you know, it exists everywhere, of course, and it really depends on people's income and where they're placed in the world. Sure. Americans are some of the worst uh, at this. We have a huge <laughs> country with what I don't I'm guessing here, but I heard numbers before that 60 percent of them do not have a passport. And it's um, it was pretty bad. I think it's a little bit better than that now, but it's still awful. Yeah, it's still a really low number. I yeah. would like to see that change uh, being exposed to so many people around the world. Uh, even Russians, uh, they, they get out more. And uh, I think, of course, there's reasons. There are reasons for that. Um, we you could argue that in terms of vacation, we don't need it. Uh, why would you pay to fly to somewhere in South America or across the Atlantic? If, uh, you know, you can just drive to Florida or to California, you know, we have all the different climates. There are lots of reasons to never leave. Um, but. I really think it could help so many people's emotional and cultural intelligence if they did it more. Absolutely. By, uh, yeah. A, a no, I chat. think, I think that's, and that's kind of changed and going into number five now about how it's affected, how you think about, uh, about life. And I think that's an important part for me. Uh, I, one of my sisters, my sister's best friend, uh, her husband, um, a guy named Jared, he always asks me every time he sees me, he's like, why are you doing what you're doing? And my comment to him is because I, one, I like doing it. I, I enjoy it. It's something that I love. I love living abroad. I love meeting people overseas. Mm -hmm. I love helping people overseas like my job allows me to do. But, but also because I, I think it gives me a profound respect not only for the place where I'm leaving, mm. living and what those people are going through, but also for the people here and what they have and the opportunities they have. Uh, and, you know, it's again, it's not for everyone, but I think sometimes we all need a little bit of perspective. Right. Mm -hmm. In terms of uh, and, you know, <laughs> I've had people say, well, I don't. I don't, I don't want to live abroad. Like, uh, you know, I don't want to know what life in Thailand or Russia or, or India yeah. is like, uh, or China. And I say, I know, I know you don't want to, and I know that's not an important to you, but the reason why it's important generally is because life is pretty damn short. And if we keep taking things for granted, then 
uh, I don't think we appreciate it and enjoy it nearly as much as we as we should. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I agree with that. Uh, do you have a you have a plan in mind to get everyone traveling in the U.S. or got something no, you could I propose? Mean, I, you know, if I if I were to try and encourage, I mean, the main thing that I would do if I were czar of the world or something like that, um, what I would do is I would open up migration. Right. Like I would mm. uh, I would w- allow for the movement of free movement of people. And there's a lot of economists who talk about this idea. Now, it's all theoretical. Right. Because uh, it's ne- the world has never been kind of open like that, especially in modern times. But the idea that you could essentially create most most a lot of economists say like basically a free trillion dollars in the economy. Right. If you opened up Mm -hmm. borders tomorrow, um, you would create about a free trillion dollars because you'd have movement. Uh, We have an inefficient use of resources in different countries. Um, But right now, like we think about it, we think about immigration in America, or a lot of Americans do is like kind of like a bad thing. We need to protect it. Actually, a lot of countries have that kind of idea as well. But I think the idea of having people move around and not only that, like forcing cities and countries and governments to fight for the best people, right? Like if you Mm want to be the best, it's what American states do all the time, right? Texas has no income tax, neither does Florida, but California has 11%. Why? Or 9%, something like that. Uh, Why do they do that? Well, California wants to provide social programs to make it more attractive to live there. Texas and Florida want to attract people who want to make more money. The idea is who's going to appeal to people more, right? That's the the argument, right? The I want to appeal to these people who have freedom of movement within the U.S. If you expanded that to the world, I think, one, there would be economic benefit, but there would be huge cultural benefits as well, right? You would see movement of people, the exchange of ideas and cultures that would be incredible. Now, that's probably never going to happen. So it's a bit of a pipe dream. Also, I feel uh, like um, you, you shot really high in terms of um, you're, you're speaking in more in terms of immigration, uh, yeah. actually larger people moving to different countries and competing, uh, the countries competing for their attention. But I mean, even just encouraging some aspects of tourism and, uh, you know, I know there are obviously different well, uh, pro- you know, programs in place of uh, people for study abroad years and things like that. But I, I wish we saw more of that. I, I did. I One do. thing I uh, think that uh, would be useful. Uh, and actually, I just read about, do you know, Revolut, this uh, kind of like a, it's like a pure online banking system that's based in Europe. I can't remember where exactly. No, I can't. I can't say I'm familiar. Uh, a couple of my, a couple of my Russian clients have introduced me to it. Um, I just read an article today that they're going to allow their employees to spend up to three months working from outside of their, uh, the borders. I can't remember where they're based. It might be the Netherlands or it might be something like that. So one thing that always, I always loved, and it's, it's true of like Australian work culture, like sabbaticals in Australian work culture, at least with some of the Australians that I've talked to um, are much more commonplace, especially with younger people in their twenties and early thirties. So you can leave for a year or six months, travel the world and, the company will hold a job for you. Not the same job necessarily, but a job. And they're almost encouraged to do it. 
I are think they working while they do this or is it no, 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 just it, reserving not, a spot? It's reserving a spot. The idea that you okay. can say, I'm going to go travel the world for six months or a year or three months or whatever it might be. Uh, you don't have to pay me while I'm gone. But when I come back, you, you know, keep a keep a spot for me. Yeah. So that, that that's a good outlook. Um, I, I like that. Also, I like the way uh, one of the good things that came out of COVID, uh, you know, as discussed widely, we will see, uh, I think, a lot more country, uh, not countries, I'm sorry, companies become more remote friendly, which I think yeah. will encourage this. Um, that, that's talked about everywhere. It's in every headline. But we're going to see a lot more people that have the liberty of working from home or from a laptop. Uh, this basically forced it, accelerated the industry. Maybe that will lead to more people traveling. Uh, it might start out with just big cities not having the dominance that they once did. Um, but again, I, I still think to, to kind of wind up uh, some of the things I was saying there into one thing, uh, it really comes down to the person. Uh, there are large groups of people that really want this over the last decade. I think we've seen it maybe even longer, but the last decade, so many young people all over the world, especially Americans who I see the most, they're all just talking about traveling. That's all they talk about. They see that I travel. They see uh, my friends of my friends. They see they're always just talking about how they wish they could do it. So I think slowly uh, we're going to see more and more of that. Uh, people are prioritizing that more and more people doing everything they can to get out there. So I, yeah. I, now, I think the end result will be good. Do you think that work, you talked about how it's changed your living abroad has changed your mindset generally uh, mm -hmm. about life and about travel. Uh, but we just mentioned work. Now you have a unique profession. I think a lot of Americans would be surprised to learn that your profession uh, even kind of exists to a degree. Uh, yeah, we're not terribly familiar with it in the States. Um, has, you're right. But gen generally, has, has living abroad changed how you think about work, uh, professional life? Oh, absolutely. Um, I don't really have a clear summarization on it, but um, there are many things that you could be struggling to do back home. Uh, especially in America. And if you were to go abroad, you could benefit a lot. You, you could be appreciated more. Um, there, are, there are many thresholds, or I guess I should say barriers to entry back home for certain things. And if you go abroad, you might be able to find work and to be able to experience things and learn more um, in so many different aspects. Uh, whereas, you yeah. know, like I said, even just the idea of being an expat, before I left, I, it was this idea that was way too high. I thought, you know, I had, I had to have some, you know, Robert Kiyosaki, um, you know, passive income established already. I needed to have all this stuff set up. Um, but really, you can, you know, uh, you can get out. There's a thousand different ways. We have so much experience in teaching English. Uh, you can do that. Um, but there's just a thousand different ways you can find ways to work, find ways to travel um, and around the world. If you, but if you, you have to appreciate it, of course. Um, sure. If someone wasn't so interested in that, it wouldn't be exciting. If you're a bartender and you realize you could go uh, be a bartender at a resort or a bar, an international bar somewhere in Southeast Asia, 
that would be the most amazing thing in the world for somebody like me or somebody like you, if that was your, uh, your entry point, but there's a lot of people that wouldn't appreciate that. So it just really depends on, you know, what you're wanting to do. There's a thousand different ways to do it. Um, and there are a lot of resources out there to help you do it. For me, it has caused me to do that. I was very frustrated in the States. Like you said, a lot of us are limited to our social circles. We're limited to very small circles of things you have exposure to and uh, what you imagine your qualifications to be. And me going abroad has helped and raised my entrepreneurial outlook um, and different things I'm aspiring to do. Uh, so I think that comes down to the person, but yeah, 150%. no, I, I, I think there's an aspect, like you said, living abroad is almost like being an entrepreneur, right? It's taking a risk. It's it's uh, mm-hmm. kind of doing something that not a lot of people do. There's a huge amount of upside, but a lot of uh, downside too, depending on uh, on the specifics of what happened and, and everything else. Um, yeah, I think I, I agree with you. The, you know, um, for me, the idea of work has just changed, right? Because I, I see work and life much more commingled now than I ever did before because you, I enjoy what I do. I've met more people abroad who enjoy what they do. Not that, you know, someone who works, I mean, if we, you know, who works in a big company in in Moscow has a different kind of mindset or life than someone who works in America. But I think me personally, the way that I've seen uh, that you can do whatever it is that you want, right? Uh, You can have success in so many different areas. And actually, you can just take a chance and make your make your passion your side gig, make your side gig your full time life and blend those things so much more seamlessly. And I think uh, I don't know, it's changed generally my idea of what I think about work as a whole, the idea that your career and your work life have to be separate from your personal life. And I think one thing that that nailed that home, I've helped a number of teachers to find jobs when they've moved back. And a lot of the times, one of the things that teachers don't understand is like the skills, the life skills you develop, one, in living abroad and two, in working abroad, right? Especially as a teacher. Um, that you don't understand the organizational skills, the kind of conflict resolution, the communication, the cultural intelligence, the emotional intelligence, the critical thinking, a lot of things that go into living abroad uh, on a daily life that you've developed as an individual that helps you in life, but also can be a very marketable skill for a company back home. Yeah, I agree with uh, that. Some, and some companies value it. Some colleges value it. Uh, it just depends. Um I think the strongest aspect of it would be how it affects you personally. Uh, that's what you yeah. basically hit on there. And not to mention uh, something that people are, they hear about, but if you already had a side hustle or you had a, something that was freelance friendly that you were doing, not to mention how much further things can go outside of the U S you know, um, there are so many countries in the world. That's why Thailand initially became popular it still is, but has become oversaturated. There's still so many other countries in the world where, you know, if you're making, uh, you know, two grand a month or three grand a month or something like that, or, you know, uh, even more or less, uh, you could go to these places and have experiences and see things that you never could really be able to comfortably afford back home. 
So that was one of my biggest motivations back when I first started. Uh, yeah. Business is growing. I'm doing okay now. But uh, in the beginning, my income was quite low. And I was able to see things, experience things, have good times uh, that I never would have been able to have if, you, if I was back home in California or in Miami or something like that. So taking all of it kind of big picture, would you say that you recommend I told you that I think everyone should do it. Um, would you recommend living abroad to others? And is there someone you mentioned the idea that maybe it's not for everyone? Is there someone you wouldn't recommend it to? Absolutely. I think there are so many people, uh, so many young people that I've met that really, really should. So many people that think that they can't, that can. These people are more qualified. Uh, quite possibly, uh, than even yourself. Um, you have way more education and things than I do, but uh, definitely more qualifications than me. And they so easily could do it. I, I meet them, uh, they're on a two-week stint in Thailand or in Bali or something, and they say, oh, what do you do? And then they hear my story, and they're like, oh, man, I wish I could do that. Uh, wow, could you send me in? It's, it's just like, my brain explodes like <laughs> where have you been what you what do you and you hear their degrees and their things and the things that they're working on so for the people that want to do it uh the opportunity is out there as soon as we're past this covid era and borders start opening again there's so many people that could have such a great experience uh, it doesn't matter what your industry in industry is and what you're working in there are so many remote options for that if you really want to travel Highly encourage that to anyone. Um, and and for the ones that don't, I, I don't think they're even going to be listening to this podcast. But no, of, of, of course, uh, you know, there are some people where, yeah, as soon as it reminds me of a story uh, when I was in Thailand, uh, it was almost when, towards the end of my trip. We were down in Phuket, very beautiful place, great place. So many amazing things to do there. And uh, we were recovering. We had spent a lot of time on the islands. We were hot. We were over we were tired so we were recovering in this little hotel and this family came out and it was a california family and they did not look happy and it was well, hi guys we got <laughs> got talking they're really nice people and come to find out he's like, oh she said yeah my daughter just got married here she thought this was a great idea you know uh, we're gonna get married in thailand blah 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 they they, they got money they flew us out here this is a terrible idea this place is hot it sucks you know, uh, there's geckos <laughs> everywhere. Look at this place. And, it, you know, the things that so many of us would have enjoyed, uh, she, she didn't enjoy. She saw all the reasons why I did not like it. So I think yeah. it really just comes down to character. I think everyone should that wants to. Absolutely. And so at the time what, of their uh, lives. What advice would you give to someone who was going think about when you started that first trip to whether it was Thailand uh, or to India, uh, looking back at yourself at that stage, what kind of words of wisdom would you have for a younger you um, in today's kind of day and age um, for taking that first step for making their trip abroad, their, their moving abroad a success? Uh, for me, it was just lack of knowledge. So just research, read everything you can, and also reach out to people. 
Uh, ultimately, in the end, that's what changed my life. Uh, I wouldn't be where I was for, for the people that I've met and the friends that I have helped steer me in directions. And it continues to grow. I hope that it will continue to go. I think it will. And uh, that's ultimately all it took. You know, going to India, seeing it in action. These people gave you advice. People love to give advice. There's uh, a lot you could do. Uh, most people, I think, just don't know. So be aware. Do your homework. Do your research. It's not that hard to break into the cycle. Yeah. You know, I think that's, an, that's a good point about, uh, about people, right? And this is maybe another, maybe it's a pro to living abroad. Maybe it's a, uh, a reason some people shouldn't do it. Um, but I think the key to living abroad is other people, right? The, the best aspect, whether again, it's locals or expats or anyone, but the best parts of living abroad are the people that you come across. So when your my advice would be to people, uh, to someone, a young person that wants to do it, first of all, do it. Don't, don't think twice about it. Don't overthink it. Don't think there's some place that's too much of a culture shock. Just go. Pick the strangest, craziest place and go. Second piece of advice would be talk. Talk to everyone. Talk to, talk to the, you know, if you're a teacher, your students, uh, their parents. Um, you know, if you have adult students, talk to your, your coworkers, your colleagues, the locals, the guy in the coffee shop, the girl at the bar. Like, this is the point that you're, the reason you're doing this is to get out there and see the world and the world is filled with amazing people. And if you just kind of sit at home, then mm -hmm. I think almost anyone could go to almost any country, work at a job, go home, watch Netflix all night and go back to work the next day. Everyone that's can. not why. You, yeah, that's yeah. not why you, you live abroad. Get your I, ass I, out there. You got to go. Yes. Yeah. The first trip, make it slow. Make it a transitional period. If you're thinking yeah. about moving abroad, if you think you would like it, you don't have to go and see the country first. I did it. I moved to Thailand. I'd never been there before. I had $800 in the bank. Do not recommend that to anyone <laughs> uh, unless you're going to have a lot of battles. You have to fight on your own. That was too close. But yeah, you're exactly right. Put some feelers out there. Go somewhere. Don't go to Florida. Don't go to somewhere in the U.S. Go somewhere new. Uh, go to a safe place, you know, uh, there's a lot of them out there. Go to Thailand, go to Bali, meet people. That's all it usually takes, really. Yeah. Uh, you can meet so many uh, people that could inform you, help you get started. Uh, and of course, yeah, it has to do with the industries that you're in, but there are so many opportunities out there. So, Well, uh, you talk about choosing a place, and, and that's uh, the penultimate question that I've got for you here, which is, uh, I know you've been in Moscow for a while. I know you've got yourself a nice, a nice gig, a uh, good group of people that you've surrounded yourself with. Um, but do you have in mind to live in another country? Do you have, you know, in our group, I think mm. we've got a couple of Moscow lifers or at least Moscow home people like they, they don't have the 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 travel bug the abroad bug to and i think that's one of the interesting things about the people living abroad as well the expats that is i've come across kind of two mm -hmm. types and maybe you can tell me if this is true with you as well i've come across the type that is uh that is me and perhaps you where uh now i've lived in moscow now for six years so that's been kind of a um 
the antithesis or the opposite of what I'd done before. But I was in China in two different cities. I was in uh, Turkey in two different cities. I was in Thailand in two different cities. I've been in, in Moscow now for six years, as I said. I found you're either the type of person who wants to see the world, in which case you've got different destinations in mind, or you're the kind of person who's looking for a second home to really open your mind, uh, to explore that culture, that language, that cuisine, mm -hmm. that whatever, uh, deeply and to know it well. I mean, Bob, the most popular guest on here, he, yes. he could, I know he's, his brain is ridiculously large with all kinds of information inside, <laughs> but uh, I'm sure he's got U.S. history in there somewhere. But he can tell you more about Russia and the Soviet Union than I think most Russians could. Yeah, he yes, is. Yes, of course, I think that was a, a, he was a history major on that very subject. Yeah, so I think that there are those two types of expats, right? The kind of wanderer and the second home person. Right. There are, um, I, I what are you, you? And if you're that second, pro, if you're the wanderer, what's the next place that you would like to wander? Um, I was surprised how much fun I had in Russia and Moscow. That's why I'm learning the language. What I see happening next, I don't see a permanent relocation. So what I would like to establish is maybe a, uh, some parts of the year in different parts of the world. Um, so uh, I would be, for example, content with, you know, six months in Moscow, for example, but uh, bouncing around. I really like Bali. I really am attracted to Bali. But if I was to spend years there, I think, uh, or even a full year, I think I would probably be ready to go. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of places I'd like to see. I believe I only have uh, 15 countries that I've been to already. So I would like to establish some sort of a home base. Yeah. Would can be content with that being Moscow uh, and then just bounce around the location independence outlook for me. Uh, I feel like there's too much more for me to see before I could really decide that. I don't have another home base in mind to answer your question. There's so many other places I'd like to visit, spend a few months there. Well, that that needs a, to be that needs to be said though. The average vacation time for most people is not enough. You need to spend a solid month there, uh, maybe even longer if you like it. Uh, you can really have a lot of fun there. The two weeks or one week visit does not do the trick. No, that's I think I think I hope not that I think and maybe maybe I'm an optimist so I think it as well. The idea that that Revolut has, which is go work abroad for two months, three months a year, right? The, the, the situation you just described, home base in uh, Moscow or, or wherever it may be, um, even the US, but I'm gonna spend you know, a month in three different countries every year in order to explore them, but I can work from there, right? Yes. Um, I, can, I can go, now the time zone difference, I'm experiencing that right now with a lot of my work being in the, eastern european oh. time zones but i'm you know in the texas time zone so my work starts at two in the morning or one in the morning and goes until about uh you know noon sympathize <laughs> for you man i couldn't do it uh, it's terrible but but I, I think that idea of a future way of life right again the the idea that you can actually just take longer maybe it's a way to bypass the necessity of living abroad generally right is mm -hmm. just having month-long stints in a country and culture 
which can be long enough for you to really get to know a place to understand the ups and downs. Not, it's not long enough, like to really dive deep, but it's not bad, right? A month uh, is a month in Bali is going to give you a little bit more into Indonesian culture than if you spend and, you know, Bali's a touristy place, but whatever. Uh, but yeah. it's going to give you more insight into the local culture and what life is like there than if you go there for a week. Right. Absolutely. Um, Brilliant. So I do think that's kind of a nice idea that you've got that Revolut is kind of instituting. Um, so the last question, and I'm sure your your parents, your family would love to for you to answer this in the affirmative. But uh, it's something that I always get, uh, you know, bombarded with when I'm back home. You ever see yourself moving back stateside? Uh, not really. No. Uh, I would like to have. A- Sorry, Mama and Papa Chris. I'd like to have a base there. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope they don't hear this. They're not going to be very happy about that. But, <laughs> um, you know, for example, this summer, I'm going to go spend a month or two there. Uh, there are places in the United States that are more exciting. If for some reason, business and work or, uh, you know, something professional kept me there, I would be happy for that. I would like to be in an exciting place. Northern California or Texas, uh, Austin, or you know, some, something back to the major cities conversation that we had. Um, but I know that I'll still be missing this. I, I still would like to have my months abroad. Uh, there's yeah. nothing I, I can't find anything that could compare to it at home. So if I will pretend I don't find the success I'm working for, I would rather be doing what I'm doing for the rest of my life than be back home working a job I don't like uh, or job I'm not perfectly content with. I have so much freedom, so many great experiences. get to learn so much every single day. It's a new story. It's a new introduction, something exciting. And I feel like I would never experience that back home. So I wouldn't trade that for anything in the world. Yeah, I think you I think you nailed it um, in terms of maybe having a home base in a place that you feel more settled and whether that's Ohio or Texas or California or even, you know, Great Britain, someplace that's still technically abroad, but but has a lot of a lot more cultural similarities to America than uh, or Australia, uh, something like that. But yeah, I think that, again, um, it's a different type of lifestyle, but I think also it's going to be a lot more common in the future. You're seeing people uh, buy homes uh, and get married a little bit older and some people um, deciding not to do either or to not buy a home right. but get married or, or whatever. But I, I do think what most people considered a normal lifestyle, normal living arrangements, right? In your home country, in your community, where you grew up, uh, get married, have the two and a half kids and the white picket fence and the dog and the cat and whatnot. <laughs> I think that is uh, slowly fading away from normal. Not that that's not going to be a thing. And I, I, I agree. And you've said it a few times uh, today uh, that to each his own, right? Every, it's going to depend on your personality and who you are. But I do think that there's going to be a larger percentage of people who look at the you know, the status quo of the last 50 or 100 years and say, that's not for me. There's going to be more use, more me's, and even more, you know, again, like people like Bob or Mitch, who are probably lifers in Moscow uh, or something like that. You're going to see a lot different 
uh, people make those choices. And even people, again, that have vacations mm-hmm. abroad for months at a time, as opposed to uh, days or weeks. So I'll be interested to see what the future holds in terms of that, that different kind of lifestyle. Yeah. So, but what I can Absolutely. say is that, uh, as you said, the, the people that you meet are hands down the reason that you do this. I mean, they're the reason that you stay wherever you stay and then you go wherever you go. The things that, uh, that makes life worth living are the incredible people. And I've had a lot of them on this podcast and you are one of them. Good, sir. So I'm glad that I made that decision 13 years ago to live abroad because it's brought a lot of awesome people into my life, including you. So, uh, thank you thank for you. having the very interesting discussion, my friend. Absolutely, man. Thanks so much for having me on. This is way overdue. Uh, it's been great to come on and talk about all these things. Yes. And well, uh, that, that was a, a good topic. We'll have to have you on sometime in the near future and talk about sports. I know that's another passion of yours Ooh. that we share. So we'll have to tackle some big sports questions. Jeff always gets on here and talks about sports but he talks nonsense so uh, maybe maybe we'll get you and jeff together get a little sports argument situation going something like we need to get on and clear the air sounds good to me (laughs) exactly exactly all right my friend well uh thank you all for listening to this long conversation about a very important topic uh as me and chris both said we recommend moving abroad right now pack your bags get on the plane just go even if the borders are still closed Uh, Thanks a lot for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And until next time, I am Texan Abroad.